Praise the Lord. You are listening to a word from the Lord, a radio and internet ministry of the Refuge Temple Church of Burlington, North Carolina. Refuge Temple Church is located in the heart of Burlington, NC at 152 North Main Street. Our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. Refuge Temple Church is a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, multicultural ministry ordained by Jesus Christ to serve him, his kingdom, and the community from Main Street to the world. We welcome you to join us now for anointed music and the word of God. Hey, God, don't start nothing. There won't be nothing. <laughs> but I feel deliverance in this house for somebody right now. Oh, God, it might be somebody watching in the virtual sanctuary. But I need you to give God a praise right where you are because something is going to happen. Oh, bless the Lord. Come on, let's go to the word. Ephesians. Hey, hey. Ephesians chapter number one. And you can join me at verse number three. Ephesians chapter number one and verse number three. Ephesians chapter one and verse number three. Glory to God. Bible says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us according to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Everybody just say this with me, accept it. Just one more time, accept it. Now look at someone to your right and left and say, I belong here. God bless you. You can be seated. Accept it. I belong here. This series was inspired by the impressions that the Lord impressed upon my spirit about so many people in life and in the church. In too many cases, I am encountering misfits, people who feel like they don't fit spiritually, who don't fit in their own families, who don't fit emotionally. And despite their best efforts, they legitimately, in their minds, do not believe that they belong. And what a sad feeling to be in life and feel like you don't belong. And just because someone is engaged in an activity doesn't mean that honestly they feel like they belong. You cannot go on the fact that they are in your presence because just them being in your presence 
doesn't mean that they legitimately feel like they belong. Many people have never, and I do mean that word never, experienced the blessing of total acceptance. And if you enjoy that blessing, you ought to be grateful because there's a lot of us, and I'm including myself in this equation, who have not experienced throughout their lives total acceptance. There are some of us that have lived their lives on a performance basis, that you are only valued for what you can deliver. And if for whatever reason you could not deliver that, you know the dynamics of your life would change. Some people only love you because you got some money to give them. And the moment the money dries up, phone calls stop. Affection stops. The accolades stop. Because the only connection really is transactional and not relational. It's only what you're dishing out. And if you can't or you stop dishing it out, then all the affection dies. Some of us have been the victims of favoritism. You, and you're not the favorite. You're the one that people ignore. You're the one that they laugh at. You're the one that they ridicule. And you've lived with this all of your life. Jane was the pretty one. Sally was the smart one. And you are the misfit. And people are still trying to figure out how that you matter. Sometimes they, people have arbitrary rules. And they only invoke the rules when it's you. Lord, I wish I had an honest witness in here. Everybody else gets an exception. Everybody else gets a pass. Everybody else somehow has a reason or an excuse. But when it comes to you, well, the rules say that we got to do it this way. And you know the exceptions. Come on, somebody. You've seen the exceptions and wonder why aren't you given that level of grace? Some of us have dealt with outright rejection. And rejection is a bitter pill to swallow because it's somebody saying that you don't matter. Somebody saying that your affection, your love, your feelings, your emotions don't matter. And they sometimes reject you for no other reason, but they don't have the capacity to love you. And they blame their lack of love on you. And I, I need to help somebody understand that just because you are rejected, it does not make you a reject. I'm going to say that one more time. Just because a person, listen to me, a person rejected you, it does not make you a reject. In, in, in more cases than we realize, it is not, you are not the problem. It's the person that rejected you. You tried to embrace and love them, and they just didn't have it in them. It, it wasn't you, baby, it was them. But they're trying to transfer that negativity into your spirit 
So they make you the problem. I came to tell you by the Holy Ghost, you are not the problem. Hallelujah. In fact, their rejection of you was their rejection of God. And, I, and there's a scripture because, oh God, Pastor Davis has cried some bitter tears about the rejection of people that should have embraced me. And it, was, it wasn't very long ago. So I, was, I, I, I was literally battered and rejected in my face. And, you know, I, I'm like most men. I'm going to put up a good game face. You ain't going to punk me in my face. And so I stood up and I kept my lips straight and I kept my jaw solid. But when I got away from them, I cried. I cried because there's nothing worse than feeling that rejection. But as I was crying, the Holy Ghost said to me, because the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. You got to read, you got to read that story in Genesis. Oh, Shatama, that when God saw the rejection that Leah had to endure, he opened up her womb and became fruitful. And I came to prophesy to somebody, there's about to be fruitfulness in the midst of your rejection. Oh, God, and what they thought they were throwing away was God opening the door for manifestation. Oh, my God, in your life. Tell somebody, God's about to make you fruitful. Oh, God, there's about to be blessings flowing out of your life just because the people hated you and just because they rejected you. The goal of this series is very simple. We are going to help each other, and I do mean this because I'm not going to teach and preach all of this. I'm going to ask some of you to be a part of this teaching series. We're going to help each other establish or reestablish our divine purpose. Look to your right or your left and tell somebody, you have purpose. Oh, God. Say it to somebody else. You have purpose. There's a reason why God has you here. How many of us should be dead, but the Lord kept us alive? God didn't keep you alive. He shut them up. Oh, God, just so you can just sit and say, I'm alive. There's a purpose for your life. There's something God is going to do in your life and through you. And the purpose is going to be manifested in your life, in relationships, and in the kingdom of God. And whenever a person discovers their purpose, their potential of living an ambiguous life. And, and there are some people that live an ambiguous life. It just doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Doesn't seem to be doing anything. But that's not the life of a believer. The life of a believer is not ambiguous. You're supposed to be blessed. And everybody you connect with is supposed to be blessed. Oh God, I wish you would look down that row and say, because you're sitting on my row, you're going to be blessed. Oh, hallelujah. It's not an accident. God put you on the row so you could be with a blessed person like me. <laughs> hallelujah. God put you on the row so that the anointing in my life could flow into your life because I'm not going to live an ambiguous life. My life is going to have purpose, it's going to have meaning. And the Lord wants each of us to know why we are here and what we are supposed to be doing. And it begins 
in all honesty, with establishing a sense of belonging. I have this quote I want to read to you from the Life Skills Group that says, a sense of belonging is crucial to our life satisfaction, happiness, mental and physical health, and even longevity. It gives us a sense of purpose and meaning. Research has shown that the loss of belonging has been associated with stress, illness, and decreased well-being and depression. That when you lose your place, when perhaps you've never had a place, it literally negatively impacts your life. Everybody needs to know they belong. So look down your road and say, you belong right here. Oh, God. This might be the first time you walked in this church, but I came to tell you, you belong right here because you belong somewhere. And many of us know what it's like to be robbed of this feeling. I said a moment ago, some of you have been mislabeled by your family as an outsider. Always been something strange about Reggie. He never quite fit in. That's been said about me. Sometimes you're not received by your peer group. They don't mesh, they don't click with you. Sometimes you're rejected by a significant other or even a spouse. Sometimes you get passed over for a promotion or you even get fired, lose your job. That's a sense of rejection. And sadly enough, sometimes you're not received by a church. And how many people go to church and get rejected by the church? A lot of this church hurt stuff comes from the church operating more like a clique than a ministry. A lot of this church stuff comes by people that once they get in, they think it's their job to keep others out. And I came to tell somebody that the Lord didn't appoint any of us to be his gatekeeper. Oh, God. I, I, I know y'all didn't come for this, but I need y'all to hear this. The Lord didn't appoint any of us to be the gatekeeper. The usher is not the gatekeeper of the church. The usher is supposed to get you to your seat and hand you a fan and see to your comfort. But they're not supposed to say, you don't belong in this church. Deacon is not the gatekeeper. Even the pastor is not the gatekeeper. He's the watchman, but he's not the gatekeeper. Because the Lord said to us that there is yet room. Tell me how in a season when churches are emptying out of souls that we have the audacity to try to pick who comes to our church. Saints, I need anybody to walk in here. Come on, somebody. Blind, crazy, half stupid, all the way stupid, because you know what? I believe in the power of the blood. Because if I could testify for each of you, some of y'all came in looking half crazy. Okay, 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 come on. Some of y'all came in, in dysfunctional and insufficient, but there was something about the Holy Ghost that changed the nature of our lives. 
oh God, we don't testify anymore, but, but, the, the, but, but we all started somewhere, and we all came in with something, but there was room for us in the church. Room for us in the church. The church is the body of Christ in the earth. We should be doing everything that Jesus would do if he were here in physical form. And Jesus ate with the publicans. He talked to the harlots. He shared with the outcasts, the people that we shake our heads at, God help me, as we're walking into the church. He would visit people in prison. Y'all ain't saying nothing. He allowed lepers to come close to him. He allowed a woman with the issue of blood who was declared unclean to touch the hem of his garment. So he was accepting of people. And he said, I didn't say it, he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That means the only requirement that Jesus has for access to him is a burden. Do you have a burden? Do you have a problem? Do you have a situation? Do you have a condition? Do you have a sickness? Do you have somebody that you're praying for that gives you access to Jesus Christ? And I came to tell you you are accepted. The center of this message focuses on the word accepted. Most of us are familiar with that concept because everybody in here has applied for something. How many of you ever applied for a job? All right. How many of you ever applied to go to college? How many ever applied for disability? because you couldn't work anymore? How many ever applied for a license to drive or to operate something? Anybody ever applied for a scholarship? Anybody ever applied for a loan? Come on, somebody. So we all know what it means to apply. And in the application process, we are required to verify information that makes us acceptable. If you go to get a loan, you got to bring at least one check stub. Come on, somebody. To show that you make some money somewhere. You got to bring a copy of your bank statement. You got to verify your employment. You got to verify your address. You, if you apply for admission to college, you have to share your transcript. Come on, somebody. They're going to know you made a D in algebra. Come on, somebody. Because you got to share that transcript with somebody. You're going to share information about yourself in order to make yourself look acceptable. Now, this concept is based on the premise that you have something in your life, resume, an experience that somehow makes you acceptable. And that's where people get the notion that I'm in the church because I, it is based on something I did. There's an arrogance among us that we think we're sitting in these seats and 
got on black suits and got on white dresses and white hats or just sitting in the congregation. We make it, people believe that you're here because of something you did. But if you would tell the truth, the only reason why you're here is because Jesus had mercy on your life. I need an honest person. I need you to take off that aura of self-righteousness and remember if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. Somebody be honest with me in here. If it had not been for the Lord who delivered me. If it had not been for the Lord. Oh God. That's why because I call myself acceptable. I start to label you as unacceptable. Oh God, and the reason why I call you unacceptable is because you look like I used to look. Or you look like I look right now. I've just gotten better at covering it up. Lord, help me in here. Everybody ain't saved. Some folk have just become chameleons. I'm preaching hard. I'm preaching hard. Everybody ain't saved. Some of us just learned how to look saved for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. Everybody ain't saved. We just learned the church lingo and the church dynamics so that we look acceptable. And you with your self-righteous self have the nerve to point a finger at somebody else and say they don't belong in the church when the only thing that got you in the church was the blood. Oh, God, I need an honest person that if it wasn't for the blood, my soul would have been lost. Oh, God, can I, can, can I burst your self-righteous bubble? All of us started out as sinners. Not a sinner because of what you did. Sinner because of how you were born. Behold, I was born in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. And on our own merit, all of us are unacceptable. And that's what Paul is trying to convey to the Ephesian church when he said God has blessed us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So look at somebody and testify and tell them the only reason why I'm here is because God blessed me. I'm supposed to be, oh God, on skid row. I'm supposed to be, oh God, in another place. I'm supposed to be in the rehab center. I'm supposed to be incarcerated. I'm supposed to be in the cemetery. But God bless me. I don't know how y'all sit here and don't give God the glory when you know the hole of the pit from which you were dug. You know the rock from which you were hewn. I need an honest person. If you don't want to be honest, Sit there like you don't know what you're talking about. But if you know the Lord brought you here and he blessed you to be here, I wish you would open your mouth and just say thank you. I wish you would open your mouth and just give God the glory. I'm not supposed to be here. Oh God. But he blessed me with all spiritual blessings. He blessed me with all spiritual blessings. Look at somebody say, he blessed me with all spiritual blessings. Not supposed to have joy, but he gave me joy. Not supposed to have peace, but he gave me peace. 
Not supposed to feel love, but he helped me to feel love. Not supposed to have grace, but he gave me grace. Somebody that knows it was God that did it, come on, open your mouth. Shout hallelujah. Oh, God. And then the Bible says he's chosen us. Oh, God, he chose us. And he didn't choose us on our merits. And he didn't choose us because of our goodness. But I remember the late Bishop Dobbins preaching and say, why God was out there picking up the garbage. Oh, my God, he found me. I know that doesn't sound good to us. But while God was walking in the rubbish, while God was walking in what other people refused, he reached down and picked me up. Oh God, the song said he brought me out of the miry clay. He placed my feet on a rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today. I need somebody in here that knows enough about yourself to say it was God that did it. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, the enemy would have swallowed me up. But he reached into the fire and picked me up. He reached in the depths of hell and delivered me. He reached, oh God, to the pit of darkness to bring me out. And here I am in the house giving God the glory. Come on, somebody. Put your hands together. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. He predestinated us. You didn't think you would make it. But before your mother knew your father, God chose you and God selected you. He adopted you. Oh my God. That means he knew everything that was wrong with you. But he adopted you. I take him home. I let him live with me. He made us. This is where we mess up. Let me say it out. He made us accepted in the beloved. And the real translation of this is he made us acceptable. It was not in us to be acceptable. He made us acceptable. How'd he do it, Bishop? He took something called the blood. Oh, God. When he hung on the cross and bled from the sixth to the ninth hour, bled until the world began to reel and rock like a drunken man, bled until the sun gave, put out their light, bled until even the even the heathen said surely this is the son of God Jesus bled and died for your sins and the only reason why I'm here and you're here is because he has made us accepted oh hallelujah I gotta serve communion but go look down the road and tell somebody I'm accepted you don't have to like me, but I'm accepted. You can talk about my past, but I'm accepted. You can talk about all of my mistakes, 
but I'm accepted. You can put my business on Instagram and put my business on Facebook and put my business on Twitter, but believe all of it. Say, but he's been washed in the blood. He's been delivered by the Holy Ghost. I need somebody in here to open up your mouth and say, I'm accepted. I belong here. I don't deserve it, but I belong here. I didn't earn it, but I belong here. Made mistakes, but I belong here. Come short of the glory, but I belong here. Been washed in the blood. Been filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout hallelujah. I got to quit. But I can tell how some of you feel by how you praise him. You know, there's a way you act in a place that's not yours versus how you act in your place. If I come to your house and you say, Bishop, make yourself at home, I probably will not take off my shoes in your house. Because it's your house. Come on, somebody. Geneva talks about my feet sometimes, so I probably won't take my shoes off in your house. But if I'm in my own house, well, I pay the bills. Come on, somebody. And I know I belong here, I'll take my shoes off put my feet on the furniture, and I hear Jesus saying, you belong here. You can take your shoes off. You can take your hat off. You can take your wig off. Oh, shut up. Because you belong right here. You don't have to front. You ain't got to play games. You ain't got to pretend because you belong right here. The devil don't like it, but he ain't got to like it. You belong right here. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, Stan, I got to quit. broadcast today. If you desire prayer or want more information about our church, please call us at 336-570-3664. Again, that's 336-570-3664. You can also go to our website for more information about our ministry at www.refugetemplenc.com. Again, that's www.refugetemplenc.com. Pastor Reginald and Lady Charity Davis and the Refuge Temple family would like to invite you to worship with us whenever you are in the Burlington area. If this ministry has blessed you, please write to us at P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C., 27215. That's P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C., 27215. Or email us, info at refugetemplenc.com. That's info at refugetemplenc.com. God bless you, and until next time, shalom, shalom.